All right. Well, I want to say a couple things to you. Uh, last week, uh, I was not here because I got to, for the first time, be able to go over to our church that meets Sunday morning over uh, with, uh, that's Community Church that meets at the Chick-fil-A over here on Maori. And it was just great to be able to go in there and to worship with them and to just hear and experience. It was just awesome. And so I just want you to know that it was just a blessing for me to be able to do that. I want you to pray, obviously, for uh, Community Church. I want you to pray for our uh, Buena Vista Church. Uh, they're going to be having an Easter outreach that's going to be happening. I think they have like 14 this last Sunday uh, afternoon, last week. I had 14. And, and again, just doing amazing things. Pray for our church in Hayward. All those things are important. And I, I just want you to know that it was just good for me just to be and see what God is doing uh, and see how God is, is using Cedars to not only do what we're doing here on Sunday morning, but what we're doing in home churches, what we're doing um, as we do ministries. And, and I just want to encourage you that as you're going to hear in today's message, you're going to hear some things that we've been talking about for quite a while. Um, I want to say this to you a little bit. If you do not have this app, it's called the YouVersion Bible app. If you do not have this app, I want to encourage you that by the 27th of uh, April that you have this app. There will be a significant thing that's going to happen with Cedars that is going to use this app. And so if you don't have it, encourage you to do that. You can find me on there. You can friend me on there. Uh, but we're going to be using uh, this app very significantly. Um, so I want to let you know that, that by April 27th, you want to have that ready to go. And we'll even give you more information as we get started. For those of you that already do have the app, all you got to do is go down to the bottom where it says events, check on Cedar Church. All the verses for today are already preloaded for you and you're ready to go. So... Um, have you ever been, uh, Saturday afternoon, uh, you're kind of on TV flipping through things, and you find that movie that you have seen a ton of times, but you cannot not watch it again? Have you ever had that movie that you just kind of like, I, I don't know what it is for you, it's just there's a movie, you're like, ah, gotta watch it again, Right? And one of the things that I want you to know that as, as we have things, it's like there's, there, there's, there's reasons why there should be things that touch our hearts— even though we've heard it before. There are things that should move us, even though we've experienced it. And so last, uh, when we were going through the book of Philippians, in Philippians 3.1, it said this, Finally, brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. So if Paul could repeat himself, I feel fairly confident that I can re repeat myself. For 36 weeks, we went through the Equipped series. In the year of 2018, for 36 weeks, we walked through this concept of what it means to be a disciple, the importance of God's Word, the importance of being a servant, the importance of prayer, the importance of having a sacrificial life, and ultimately, the idea of being a discipler. For 36 weeks, we broke down each one of those sections. And I want to say to you is, is that sometimes we get done with series and we get done with things and we go, okay, that's in the past. I want to say something to you very clearly. Folks, this is fundamental to who we are. It's fundamental to who we are as cedars, and I believe it should be fundamental to who we are as believers. That we start off as a disciple 
We are empowered by God's word. We live a servant's life that prayer is a part of who we are, that sacrifice comes out of our existence with him, and that ultimately, yes, God moves us to a place to be a discipler. So I spruced it up for 2019, but it's the same stuff. It's the same stuff. Folks, let me tell you something. There is something important about fundamentals. We are right at the end of March Madness, right? And there's people going crazy over March Madness, by the way. Texas Tech, woo right? You know, West Texas. Look, I, West Texas has nothing to be excited for. So if anything happens for them, I'm like, yay, let's go. But here's the deal. We have, a, we have a basketball coach sitting in here. I'm telling you right now, it doesn't matter how good of a shot you are if you do not do the fundamentals. If you don't dri- dribble, if you don't actually pass well, you can shoot the ball all you want, but if you're not getting it down the court, if you're not doing those fundamentals, and I want you to know that, yes, you are always going to grow in your knowledge of Jesus Christ. He will take you into depths. He will show you things about who he is. He will walk you through things, but I'm telling you, it all always comes back to fundamentals. And at the end of the day, it comes back to the fact that God has called us to be a disciple. A disciple, very simple concept, that you know who your master is, your teacher is, and you do what you see them doing. John 1, 12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. If you receive him, you believe in his name, you become, and I tell you that is the best title you will ever get, Child of God is the best title you will ever get. But then he said this, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. To come after and to follow is to be a disciple. You are going to come after Jesus. You're going to see what Jesus is like. You're going to do what Jesus would do. You're going to have the heart where he has his heart. And we see Jesus do so many different things. We see him loving in so many different ways. And he says, no, be my disciple. Come after me. Follow me. Yes, you're my child. But do what you see me doing. And so we start as a church and say to you, our hope is that you'll become a disciple. We're going to deal with that at the end of the service. But then God didn't just say, hey, I was here once. He left his word. And in his word says, I am the word. And says, look, my word becomes powerful. And so the the scriptures give us understanding. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active, sharpening the two-edged sword. Folks, there are times when you open up God's word and it is breathing. It meets you where you're at. It exposes who you are and where your heart is. piercing to the division of soul and of spirit and of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. I wish I could tell you how many times I have been wrestling with something or struggling with something or into something and God's word just comes in and goes, Jeff, here it is. Here's truth. By the way, it doesn't mean I always like the truth that I'm given, but it is truth that I then have to wrestle with. See, the thing is, God said, I want you to have something that you can know me by. We want you to be in God's word. 
We have groups coming up. Some of those groups are going to take you deeper into God's Word. There's going to be an online women's group that's going to be going through our next series. There's going to be following the sermon series groups. There's groups that are going to help you to study God's Word more. Because at the end of the day, yes, we want you to be a disciple that knows God's Word. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. God breathed out the Word. That's why it's living and active. By the way, it's still this book that is read around the world, changing lives changing lives. And we want to be a people of the book. And so we go through the book, just like we did through the book of Philippians. We're taking you through and showing you what's there. And then you have to wrestle with that. That a man of God may be complete, watch this, equipped for every good work. See, we want to be a staff that equips you. Today, I'll be doing the first steps class, and so I have a whole slideshow. I'm walking him through why we have Ephesians 4, 12, uh, 11, 12 is our key verse. This idea that the, the staff, the leaders, the teachers are here to equip the saints for works of ministry. Can I take something that's really exciting? Laura has been doing an incredible job putting our Cedars groups together. She texted me this, and I love the dot, dot, dot. She goes, Jeff. We have 14 Cedars groups ready for this spring session, dot, dot, dot. Which meant, I went, hold on. That dot, dot, dot meant what? More to come. And I don't know if she counted, like, you know, waiting me wait, you know, because it was in a text, so probably she didn't. But this is what it said. And not one of them is being led by our staff. Not one of them is being led by our staff. What that means is we are trying to equip, push into people of this congregation to raise them up and say, you lead, you teach, you express. And by the way, we're behind them, we're helping, we're standing with. But that is a dream we have from the beginning that more of our people would rise up and be equipped to use their skills to teach. Folks, I just want you to understand that again, that man may be, may, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. In Matthew 7, 24, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The story of the rock on the, the house on the rock and on the sand comes down then, who hears these words of mine and what? Does them. It's not just hearing them. Folks, we can be so knowledgeable and not effectual. We can learn so much stuff, have so much knowledge. We can have all this with us and never have to put it into practice. Never have to put it in practice. It's tax season. No one got excited about that. How many of you are done? All right. I don't really like you people, but all right. <laughs> My goal is to not put an extension on this year, which will be the first time in seven years. So I think something like that. But my tax guy was, this is, this is what cracks me up. 
my first tax guy, because pastoral taxes are a little wonky, was a professor from my Bible college, Dr. Paul McReynolds, who, by the way, wrote an interlinear. What that means is, wrote a Greek interlinear connecting it to the New Testament, explaining how each Greek word connects. That's what he did. We got, we were in, we were in class, we would get his notes, and that's what we would use, and it turned into a book. It's incredible. It's called the McReynolds Interlinear. I still think it's the best one that's ever been done. Brilliant guy. Then he got bored, so he learned the tax code. Did you hear what I said? There are people that are too smart for their own good. Does that make sense? That make me feel less of who I am. To have someone that smart who wrote an interlinear, who is one of the most, one of the most brilliant uh, Bible professors you'll ever experience, goes, yeah, I was bored, so I learned the tax code. Are you kidding me? Like, God, can you give a little bit of that love to more people and spread that, that knowledge to more of us? Because the rest of us, we just feel like we're the bottom feeders on this. Well, this is what I know. Folks, we need to step into a place where we yearn, yearn to be in his word, to know him better, and to strive. We have no excuse. There's more Bible studies, devotionals. There's more books, more resources. We have no excuse. And the word of God is there for us to look at. Servant. God has called us to be a servant. By the way, he modeled this. Matthew 20, 26 to 28. It shall not be so among you. He's speaking to his apostles. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Servants get to go anywhere. Servants get to know, go anywhere. I just know this. If you truly go in to serve people, really go in to meet their need, to take care of them, you can go anywhere. And then from that, yes, a possibility of a conversation can come in, but you have to have a heart that goes, I'm here to serve. Because it's in that servant heart that there are walls that are broken down. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He set the example that we are to serve. And so we do serve. We encourage you to sign up for um, the e-blast and find out the different things that are happening in our community. Folks, I'm going to be honest with you. There are so many things that the people who come to the, to the FRC that are being done are being taken care of by the government when the church could be taking care of those things. And we could, in taking care of those things, be actually bringing Jesus into those conversations. But we have to be willing. We've got to step into those places. And we can open doors through our servant's heart. John 13, 14 to 15. If I then, I'm sorry, if I then, the Lord your teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you also should do just as I have done for you. How do we become a church that people go, this is how we serve? This is how we serve. Folks, this is a fundamental. And some of you are going, have I already heard this sermon before? Yes, you have. You're like, Jeff, you didn't even try this week. You're just recycling a sermon. You can see it that way. Or maybe we need to keep preaching the same sermon until we do it. Do you understand? Because the problem is, is that we teach things and then we move on thinking we have knowledge. And God goes, no, it's the one who hears these words and puts them into practice. So Yes. You're like, Jeff, you just got a freebie. You took an old sermon and repurposed it. Yeah, if that was my plan because I had no other plan. I've been planning on this. 
Because I think we need to go back and hear the same things because, folks, they're not changing. They're not changing. He has called us to be a disciple. He has called us to be in his word. He has called us to serve each other. That's not changing. And yet, for so many of us, it is this knowledge thing that hasn't moved into action. For I've given you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Prayer. Folks, we do nothing without prayer. Prayer is not so much for me to tell God what I want him to do. It's for me to realize that I have a God who can take care of me. There isn't any parent that has had a kid that doesn't understand the need that you are there to make sure you are instructing and encouraging and guiding and feeding and taking care of your kid. And yes, you've answered the same question a hundred times. I love this about moms. I remember the first time your kid called you mama. You guys remember that, that thing? Wasn't that a special time? Wasn't that magical? Unless they said daddy first, and then you were really bitter and you weren't really good with that. Remember that magical time? And then it became mom, 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 mom. And there's that moment you're like, if I hear the word mom one more time. You ever been there? That word that was so magical, now you're like, ugh. I hear it one more time. But you know what? We have a God that goes, please, dad, 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 dad. Come. Come and talk to me. I want to hear your heart. I want to hear your struggles. I want to hear what you're going through. I want to walk with you. Because prayer puts us in a place that we understand that he is the answer. That he is the one that we are connecting to. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. I won't give you the, the, the situation, but last Sunday I was here for all of 15 minutes for one reason. One of our congregants said, uh, with the elders, uh, anoint me with oil and pray for me. I'm, I'm having a problem. And so... We, we met and we anointed with oil. By the way, there's nothing special about the oil. It's just a symbol of God's healing. And we prayed. Do you know what blew me away? He's one of the few that asked. It's our job as elders. It's one of the few. He's one of the few that have asked. Some of you should be asking for the elders to pray for you. Because there's power in prayer. There's power in coming and saying, God, I'm just giving this to you. And, and we as elders want to support this church in that way. Can I tell you, I am not excited about elders meetings. I love our guys, but I'm not a meeting guy. But I love that we have elders that want to pray for, walk with, encourage. Because that's where we feel like God has called us to be in these places. Please hear us that again, we want you to be praying, coming to God, laying those things before him. And God doesn't always answer the way that we want him to, but we need to be willing to lay those things before him and say, God, this is yours. How are we praying? Colossians 4.2, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Two verses, by the way, that puts thanksgiving in the heart of prayer. 
There are things that you are going through that feel crushing to you right now, and I know this sounds so counterintuitive that you need to thank God for them. Because he's doing something with them. It's hard. God, I thank you for the struggle. I thank you for this obstacle. I thank you. It's hard, but what it does is it orients you to understand that, okay, good, I have a God that can overcome this. I have a God that can do something with this. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. In 1 John 5, 14 through 15, and this is the confidence that we have toward him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. No, he's not a vending machine where I go, give me a new car and give me a new this and all that stuff. That's not what he says. That if it's asking anything according to his will, what's interesting is, is it challenges me to make sure that I am understanding what his will is. And then I pray into that place of his will. In verse 15, and if we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have, that we have the requests that we have asked of him. And sacrifice. This is the hard one. And we went through a long thing of trying to tell you it's not about financial. Yes, for some people, financial is, is a sacrifice. And yes, our funds are a great way that shows our heart. But it's interesting when we come to a God that says, God, I want to give you my best. And we talked about that. And giving our best is us. Giving our best is us. Sacrificing who we are and sacrificing, yes, time and energy and all those things. Because what we sacrifice for, what we sacrifice for, those places of value become important. Matthew 25 and 26, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever will lose his life for my sake will find it. For what if it profit a man? Oh, this thing's having fun today. For what would profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? In Romans 12, 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. Let's do this one more time. To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. We told you it's been a fun day. Watch this. Third time's a charm. And acceptable to God with your spiritual worship. Okay, there we go. Yes. Thanks, Tim. Tim just took over for me, so I'm not fighting it. Let me try that again. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. You mean the work I do? Yeah. You mean my kids? Yes. My hobbies? Yes. And finally, discipler. See, what's interesting is we get to this whole system, and we're like, yeah, being a disciple. And then God goes, no, 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 but I want you to be a discipler. 
I want you to be someone who turns around and says, follow me. Now, by the way, some of you would go, Jeff, if I knew where I was going, that'd be fine, but I don't know where I'm going. Why would I ask somebody to follow me? When I was in youth ministry, we were doing a, an, an event with these kids, and it was all about them being stretched, and we took them out in the woods, and we're doing all these exercises with them. And I remember there was this exercise where literally what we had to do is that we were in a human chain where we were just handing people, these kids, up to the next person. So I'm here, and I take this one, I hand them up to the next one. And they were safe, but there was a little bit of danger because you need a little danger to get the kids a little bit. But it's a beautiful picture of what we're talking about. That kid is down there. I'm here. At least let me get them to here where I'm at. And then I pass them on to the next one who's farther up the chain than me. Folks, our job is to say, look, this is how it started. This is my story. This is what Jesus did in my life. And you're like, this is as far as I can get, but I can hand you off to the next person that can take you farther. Folks, we've got to turn around and realize that God has called you to reach your inner circle. To have them at least go to as far as you've gone, but it doesn't have to end with you. You can hand them off to the next person. But we say, well, if I can't be at the front of the line, forget it. I don't want anyone to follow me. That doesn't work. Anyone coach Little League in here? A couple people? Who started at T-ball? Who started coaching T-ball? Anyone? Right there. I can't believe you settled for T-ball. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, those kids, are, they're not going anywhere. They're not doing anything. Why are you doing T-ball? I mean, you're a better coach than that. You're not wasting your time with a bunch of T-ball players. They don't even know which way to run. They hit the ball and run everywhere. It's ridiculous. <laughs> T-ball games is organized chaos. It's all it is. But here's what we know. Every parent is pleased for the T-ball coach. Because the T-ball coach gets them to the next level and gets them to the next level and gets them to the next level. And I want you to know that every guy in the major leagues at some point is thinking he's T-ball coach. Do you understand what I'm saying? Folks, never miss that what you can do in someone's life is a foundational step for where they're going. We need people helping out in our junior high and high school. We need people helping out in our young adults. We need people helping out when it goes into young marrieds. So we need all those levels. So watch this. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go therefore uh, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and when you have heard, I'm sorry, let's go back, go back, go back. And teaching them to observe all the things I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Go and make disciples. Go and just have them know what you know. Get in the game. Get in the game. Reach your inner circle. And 2 Timothy 2 2. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will also be able to teach others also. Do you see how that's passing it on? Watch it. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men, that's passing it on. Who will be able to teach others? That's them passing it on. Do you see that? It's all right there. What you heard from me, pass on, so they pass it on. Make disciples. 
So that was our, that was our whole thing. We, for 36 weeks, and you can go back and, 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 and listen to the messages. You can go back and look. For 36 weeks, we broke down each one of those, six weeks per each one. Now, I'm going to say this to you. I believe that the number one way that people come to Christ is through those that are in their inner circle. Those who are your friends and family who you're going to pour into. And we want you, by the way, to come to Jesus. But one of the things we haven't done here in the church very often is to do an altar call. What's an altar call? Sounds like it's a crazy thing because we don't have an altar up here. So you're like, what are you talking about? It's an old phrase. It means this. We want to say to you, maybe it's time for you to make a decision. And we want to give you an opportunity this morning that if you've been sitting there going, I need to make a decision, I need to follow Jesus, I want to be a disciple, I want to be in his word, I want to be a servant, I want to be in prayer, I want to be someone who sacrifices, that we open up that door for you. So, with that, I want to share some verses with you. Revelation 3, 20. Behold, I stand at the, this is Jesus speaking, behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Jesus, Jesus stands at the door and knocks on your heart and says, open it up, I want to come in. I want you to have this relationship with me. Romans 10, 9 through 10. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For where the heart, where the heart one believes in is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Folks, you've got to step into this place and say, I am willing to follow him. I am willing to come after him. I want to be his disciple. And then, yes, we will help you to equip you to understand his word, to help you become a servant, to help you to pray, to help you to sacrifice. And that one day you'll be the disciple that reaches out to your inner circle and says to them, Jesus is knocking on your heart. Will you open the door? And finally, John 3, 5. Jesus answered, truly, truly. By the way, I love the idea that if Jesus tells you it's true twice, I believe it's true. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. We want to give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. By the way, do you know where the number one place we've seen this happen is in our rooted groups? We're going to have another baptism out of our last rooted session. It's going to happen on the 5th of May. Some of you need to take rooted. And if you're not ready for the decision today, I challenge you to take rooted. Because you need to come face to face with the one who is knocking on your heart. But this is how we're going to do this. Some of you right now have God knocking on your heart. And he says to you, come on in. I want to come and sit with you. I want you to be my disciple. I want you to put me first. I want to call you my child. I want to give you the best title that you'll ever have called child of God. I want to introduce you to myself through my word. I want the spirit to come in and dwell within you. That is what he's saying. And I want to challenge you today that maybe you need to come forward. We're going to have baptisms May 5th. And maybe you need to be one of them that is making that public confession of faith. So I'm going to ask for the band to come up right now. And we have had, let me tell you what, what I love about this. We have one of our elders. We have some people who, by the way, have been equipped through a prayer training ministry because we are trying to equip who are going to be up front. So if you just need prayer, 
You need to come up. I'm going to be up here. Miguel will be up here. If you just need prayer, come to someone and say, I just need prayer. If you need to accept Jesus Christ, come up and say, I, I, I want to accept Jesus. We will set up times to meet with you, talk with you, walk you through all the elements of this. But we want to give you that opportunity today. Because in doing so, what we're saying is we want to be a church that equips. But for you to be a disciple and make that happen. So there's going to be a song. And you can sit or you can stand or you can sing. But if you need to come forward, you come and find Miguel, myself, or you come to somebody who needs prayer. Communion is still open to you. But I just want you to know that today you might need to make the decision that you've never made before. And it will transform your life just the way that Dave just said. Came, saw Jesus, got baptized, transformed his life, and now he's a missionary. That's not necessarily your story. could be. But he will do something that you never thought possible. He will give you something you never thought you would see. And we want to give you the opportunity. So let me pray for you. And then Esteban will lead us. Heavenly Father, I pray over your children. For those who are saved, who have already accepted this, they would step into the role of being your disciple, Father. Step into the role of being a servant, to live sacrificially, to be in your word, to have prayer at the heart of who they are, and to turn around and be a disciple or to hand off to those who are with them. Father, would you give them that? For those who haven't made a decision yet, Father, don't let them wait. Let today be the day. Let now be the reason that they get to say, yes, this day is when I made a decision for you. Father, I love you and I thank you for your son and his beautiful name and all who he is that we pray. Amen.